This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, I asked you to keep fighting. I told you they were going to break, and they did. The reporter asked me at the end, says, what's it mean to win this game and beat Texas? I said, it doesn't mean anything to beat Texas. We're 1-0 in the Big 12. That's what it means. The country's going to find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Because at any point in that game, you could have quit, but you didn't because you are built different. And the more and more you believe that, the more and more this happens. Somebody turn on some damn music! Listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing it's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. The moral authority of Texas Tech University and the football program. Kyle, how you doing today? I'm great, man. You do? Are you are you really doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Lots of people asking you for uh, some guidance and maybe a ruling on what happened during the storming. Can we get through all that and then talk about the game? Sure. I just want to. I don't want to like dwell on it. I just want to finish that conversation because we've had we've been having it for quite a while today. Uh, Texas Tech won. There was a field storming. People mad about the field storming. One out of 1,500 people. Who's mad about the field storming? Oh, just, you know, Texas fans. Oh, and Our opponents? Yeah, yeah, fans? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nobody, nobody who matters. Yeah, let me play a small violin. One out of probably 1,500 people that rushed the field did something stupid. And... In the moment, right when I saw the video, I was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. And I wrote about it. He is. He is. And I said, this is ridiculous. You know, one guy out of 1,500 shouldn't mean the fan base is bad. Out Ban of, that guy. Out of 15,000. Well, how many people do you think were actually on the field? Like half the stadium. You think? No. Well, <laughs> Every square into that, more than 1,500. Okay. Well, then even more. 10,000. One out of thousands. One out of thousands should not matter. Ban that guy. 
Self-police. Adios. Adios, muchacho. We will see you in another life. I wouldn't expel the kid, but, you know, make it clear, right? When the Houston staffer pushed Donovan, we were on that, right? We were hammering that guy. I didn't see a single Houston fan who was on our side and say, yeah, that guy's an idiot. He shouldn't do that. I haven't seen a single guy defend a single Red, Ra- a single Red Raider defend this guy. Not one. Not one. And Texas fans are still saying, oh, all these Red Raiders are so stupid. They hate us. They're so classless. No. We also hate that guy. One guy in Lubbock does not depict the whole fan base. And in the moment, I'm like, all right, this guy's, you know, it is what it is. Now, an hour later, two hours later, after I've read the discourse from all of these Longhorn beat writers, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a player, but it just it could not bother me less that somebody got pushed on the field after the discourse from these beat writers and their pompous, high horse, I'm from Austin, you're trash attitude. Get over yourself. A guy got pushed. A guy got pushed. Get over yourself. We didn't shoot him. We didn't shake him in the 50-yard line. He got pushed. Is that guy an idiot? Yes. Should he ever get to come to a Texas Tech game for free? No. Should we hang him? No. I've got a a ton of thoughts on this, but first a question for you. Do UT fans think any – did they think any any more highly of you before they saw that video than they did after it? No. So is an apology, is us renouncing it going to change the way they think about us either? No. Okay. So I'll, I'll come along with you and say it was bad. It shouldn't have happened. We don't condone it. Any students who listen to this, don't do it ever again. Basketball, football, whatever. Right. And I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to draw any additional conclusions about our fan base, our school, anything. Because here's one the, guy. Here's the deal. I've been hearing for 20 years how awful our fans are and the batteries. And, oh, when I went in 1999, they clubbed my grandma to death in the student section and we were terrified for our lives. Hey, for the last 15 years, everybody in the world has had a camera in their pocket, and I haven't seen a picture or video of any of this until today. Other than like an FU chant, a middle finger, I don't, I'm not denying that that happens, but also nobody is harmed by that. Here's another key difference that I want people to think back to. Uh, this was during the Kevin McCuller saga during basketball season when Texas Tech fans wanted to throw the fan base under the bus, say, well, we're known for this. We do have an issue with this. And I said the same thing. I said, there's no evidence of it other than the claim. And let me take you back to, I think I listed five or six, five or six examples of when another school had their athletic director, their head coach, their president, or their players, or beat writers at, you know, a newspaper of record in a Big 12 city, perpetuate a lie that's been proven false, either through photographic evidence, video evidence, whatever it might be. It was Marcus Smart the A&M bus incident, the OU batteries, none of that ever happened. And so there's a difference between an idiot fan doing something and an actual employee of an institution like the Houston coach, player, whoever that was, that shoulder-checked Donovan out of bounds. There's a stark difference in my mind. And I will tell you this for an absolute fact. I don't know what jersey number it was because I was a little bit far away. Number 30-something for Texas. As the students are storming the field from from the north end zone, UT Lockroom is on the south end zone, and they're on the east side. 
He's traveling northwest away from his sideline, away from his locker room, looking for students to shoulder check. So their player, who's wearing the University of Texas jersey, right. is doing the exact same thing that this kid, an idiot fan, one out of 15,000, is doing. Right. Now, I hope there's video of it, because I can't really make that assertion, and I think I know what jersey number it was, but I don't want to make that assertion without knowing for sure, because like I said, I was far away. I started with a three. I don't, can't remember if I said that. But all that to say, University of Texas player and a Texas Tech fan guilty of the exact same offense in the exact same moment. And the national takeaway is going to be that our fan base sucks, that we're trash, that this always happens here. We have a reputation for this. And we do have a reputation for it. I just think it's an unfair one. And I've beat that right. horse to death in right. the past. I'll say this too. Uh, I was sitting on the east side, about the 45-yard line, some empty seats next to me. Humble brag. At halftime, yeah. Baking on the east side. Great Humble seats. brag. Yeah. At halftime, some UT fan moves, I'm assuming from higher up, into mm-hmm. one of these empty seats that he, like, did, he did not row, pay probably. for. Yeah. I was like, I could be a Karen and go snitch yeah. him out. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, typical Austin behavior to mooch off. Typical. And, yeah. So emblematic of that entire fan base, right? <laughs> During the game, they score a couple touchdowns, and he does this with both arms, horns up, and kind of like in my airspace. You know, there's not like a ton of room. It's sort of like a phone booth. If you start extending out past your shoulders, you're kind of in somebody else's. Right. And it pissed me off. I wanted to, like, pull his hand down and be like, do that in front of your own freaking face, but not mine. I didn't. He did it twice. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. Moved over one seat because there was another empty one. Um, after the game... Students rush the field. Right. This it's beautiful. This joker could have taken the L, hit the exits, and nobody would have said a word to him. I was I wasn't gonna say a word to him. I was gonna take the high road. You know me. Yeah, I know you. I yeah. take the high road. You do. You live there. And he turns to me, he goes, Looks like they never won a ball game before. I said, What did you say? I was gonna give him a chance to be like to maybe clarify or right. to be like, Oh, never mind, you know, good game. And he was like, Looks like they've never won a ball game before. Which one is the bleep button? Let me get ready for it. The blue one? Yeah, the blue one. Okay. And I said, yeah, y'all say that every time we beat you, that it's your Super Bowl and all that crap. And he goes, oh, Super Bowl. He kind of like turns me and like bows up a little bit. I was like, that's what y'all say. And he goes, oh, I've never heard that before. And I said, yeah, y'all are going to on the students rushing the field because we beat little old Texas, right? Because y'all aren't any good. Same storyline we heard all off season. And he wanted to talk mess after the end. He wanted to chirp to me. Right, because they lost, and all of a sudden when they lose, oh, it's just Texas. Why are y'all so excited? All that crap. The not a rivalry, it's your Super Bowl. I was like, Yeah, we're only ranked 22nd. Why are they storming? Adios, mofo. Get the exits. Never come back again. So anyway, all that to say, one fan being an idiot, and he was an idiot. It was wrong. We don't condone it. I think we covered our bases there. Yeah. Does not mean that everything else that everyone has ever said about Lubbock is true. Show me more photographic evidence, video evidence of our fans acting that way and spare me the lecture from Austin American statesman beat writers whose colleague Cedric Golden, I'll call him out by name because this tweet is still up. Yes. Insinuated earlier this year that the team bus should run over Texas tech students. I don't want to see their crocodile tears about a player being shoved. Nope. Not even knocked over when they want to insinuate publicly with a blue check mark by their name, with the institutional force of the Austin American statesman by their name, that a bus should run over Texas Tech students. Did, Spare me. Brian Davis, I'll call him out too. Yeah. Austin American statesman. Um, For now. 
He had a huge Karen moment on some middle fingers and FUs from Texas Tech students when Texas arrived. During basketball, yeah. Now, I don't necessarily love that behavior, but it's a student section at a rivalry game, so yeah. it is what it is. I don't think it was worth like a woe is me pro clutching moment. And then on the return trip, two and a half weeks later, I don't know if he has short-term memory issues or what the deal is. We go there, their, their fans flip us off. One of their players, again, not just an idiot fan, a player wearing the jersey. After the game, he says, my But all class down there, right? Right. And, and we're the garbage trash fan base. Did, well, and, uh, so some fans were chanting UT okay. at the game. Okay. Did you, and very, very upset about that was Brian Davis. Did you see what they were chanting to Nick Saban when Nick Saban yeah. came to? Oh, okay. What, what I was saw it? all of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and they called him. Same thing. They called him cousin. Yes. The whole time. And then they, they have the gall two weeks later to lecture you on pieces class. pieces of garbage down in Lubbock. That's all Miss it is. me. You, Miss me with dude, that. You think you don't know me, but you think I'm trash just because of where I went to school and where I live? Yeah. And that's fine. Again, don't push people on the on the field. It's a, I, I didn't it's push a, anybody on the field. It's a it's a privilege to be down there. I didn't chirp at any UT fan. Keep who rushing. Who didn't chirp at me first? Keep rushing. Take the L and go home. Texas Tech has done it plenty of times. Move on. Yeah. So Texas Tech won yesterday, thirty seven, thirty four. Uh, that's put to bed. Afterwards, can I say one more thing? <laughs> okay. I don't want an apology from Joey. On fan behavior. No. If this was widespread, if it was the student section, if there were five videos of this same deal, then maybe it warrants. I to it'll it'll just make it a bigger like when they're when they played that PA announcement four times about please stop throwing stuff on the field. Oh yeah, like, guys, you're just egging it on. They're booing you when you make this announcement. If y'all would just leave it alone, you'd be better off. So I'll be a little bit disappointed if in Joey's press conference there's this come to Jesus. Hey, we have to do better. Because one of our students did something mildly inappropriate that has happened probably any time a team has rushed the field. Yes. It was caught on video. One guy out of 60,000. Our fan base does not need to be condemned over this. This one individual does, and I hope he's banned. I hope he's punished. But I'm not, I'm not going to be lectured to by anybody about it because I don't engage in that kind of behavior. We've never condoned that kind of behavior, and that's all I have to say about it. Which one's the air horn? Anybody from the Austin American Statesman miss me with that crap? So Texas uh, lost. What, did you you found their road stats right? They're one in seven on the road. I didn't find those, but yeah, somebody in the Discord had it. One in seven on the road under Sarkeesian, or one in six in their last seven conference games, something like that. Texas is back, folks. They're not good. Um, let me rephrase because that was a really good team that you beat. They're a, a, a fine top half Big 12 team that you beat at home. They're not, they, they should be better. I just don't understand it. Well, Poor, so, poorly coached. Well, I'm a little bit confused by the, by the Texas fans' disappointment. Did they play a bad football game? Texas? Uh, no. They're like, they played well. They're hammering Hudson Card. I looked at the box score. Hudson Card was great. Completed two-thirds of his pass. He had one interception. It was a bad throw. It, it wasn't that damaging, though, because they got the ball back after a three and out. Bijan played a good game. He fumbled at the end. Xavier Worthy had a long touchdown. I mean, the game went offensively for them pretty much just how I thought it would. I predicted they'd score 34 points. They did. Right on the nose. I, w I wasn't looking at that Texas offense or the defense thinking, like, man, these guys, 
they're playing really bad football right now. I think they played a solid game, and you beat them by you know an inch in the end. One play made yeah. all the difference. H- Hudson Card was 20 of 30, 277 yards, 9.2 per two touchdowns, one interception. The interception didn't matter, you said. Well, and he, he extended plays. He escaped sacks and yep. made throws downfield for first downs. I mean, I thought he played a good game. Bijan Robinson, 16 carries, 100 yards. You're never going to turn that down. 6.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns. But over and over, they would put Roshan Johnson in there at Wildcat, and he would keep it on the re. Give it to Bijan. He needs more than 16 carries. I thought that was – they had a poorly coached game. And their defense couldn't get off the field in key spots. No. But overall, I didn't – I wasn't like, oh, man, they, they're missing all these assignments, missing all these tackles. Hudson Card can't play. No. I thought they played a solid game. They just lost. And before the game, I said – we both said, this is a very evenly matched game, but they have Bijan and Xavier Worthy, and I think those two players are better than what you have. They're the difference. And Bijan – was a difference maker. They didn't give it to him enough. Xavier Worthy was a difference maker. He got hurt. Didn't even play the second half. DeMarvin Overshone was a complete no-show after not playing the first half. Didn't really get much into the game in the second half. Now he had six tackles and a half, but didn't really do anything beyond the sack they gave him credit for. Miles Price, 13 catches, 98 yards. Baylor Cup, four catches, 65 yards. Uh, completions to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 players. Donovan Smith, 331 yards passing, 5.6 per. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Sir Roderick Thompson had 70 yards rushing. He loves playing against Texas. He had a great game. Every rushing yard we got was hard-earned. Very hard-earned. And it wasn't sexy. But no. you, you did just enough running the ball to extend drives, to keep yourself ahead of the chains, and that's all you can ask for, I think, at least at this, at this juncture with how your offensive line is structured. There were a lot of key plays. I've got one key moment that I want to tell you that I, I think is the difference of the game. So Texas Tech is 6 of 8. On fourth down. But at the end of the game, you just scored a touchdown to tie the game. Mm -hmm. They get the ball back. Five plays, they gain 17 yards, and from the 42, they punt. And this is right after going for it on fourth and four to score the touchdown. So Joey goes for it on fourth down, scores a touchdown, they punt. Then you have an 11-play drive where you go for it on fourth and three and fourth and seven. Fourth and seven was the field goal. And you uh, go ahead by three. Now, they score in three plays to, to get back, right? That sucked. To me, the play of the game was go for it on fourth down, score, Sarkeesian surrender punts, go for it on fourth down, and then score for Texas Tech. So you were aggressive at the end. They were not. And I know the fumble for Bijan, um, that's not up to coaching. That's just a player making a play. Creshawn Merriweather putting his helmet right on the ball. 
but you were more aggressive, and you won. You, you have the team stats pulled up? I do. Do you remember last episode when I was telling you that when I looked at data, I combined third and fourth down? Yes. And measured that versus margin of victory and found that it was extremely well correlated to margin of victory. Uh-huh. What were we on third down? Seven of 20. Bad. Yeah. That's not good. So 13 of 28. So you were, what, 35%? Yep. And I said, I think I said you, the mark you need on... Well, less than that. No. Seven of 20? Yeah, but well, twenty seven or 21 would be... Oh, you're right. Sorry. So, and I said... I 40, should leave the math to you. 45% on third and fourth down combined is kind of the mark of a good team. Uh-huh. What were you on fourth down? Six of eight. So, total that's 13 of 28... Right under 50%, because 14 to 28 would be 50%. Right. So you were not good on third down. If you had the strategy of, like, let's try to convert on third down. If we don't get it, we'll punt. You would have lost this game. No doubt. Yes. But you played third down in a way to set yourself up for fourth down, which was one of our gripes on NC State. Like, if you're going for it on fourth and 10, do something on third and 10 that makes your next down a little bit more manageable. Yeah, they were three of nine on third down. That is the difference. And one of two on fourth down? One of two. So they were four of 11 total. That's 36%. So you beat them by 13%-ish in that category. So they beat you in yards per play. They had more explosive, longer plays than you did. But that's how you did it. You, you kept drives alive and scored on drives that you otherwise would not have because of your third plus fourth down efficiency. And I love that style of play. If you're going to be aggressive, call third down like you're going to go for it on fourth down and play complimentary football am i allowed to use that term here i think they would prefer that you did compliment what you're about to do on fourth down with what you call and execute on third down and they did that beautifully yeah and people people heard complimentary football before the season started and it was just like oh we're gonna run the ball more well and that's part of it but it's also playing defense and controlling the clock and setting up your special teams and your special teams setting up your offense and your defense it's not just on one side of the ball being complimentary. It's a complimentary style of play. And you were very complimentary in the second half. Their, their defense was tired. Yes. And, and you kept Bijan on the sidelines because your scoring drives were 16 plays, 13 plays, right? 10 plays. Theirs were three. Like their first drive of the game, I mean, it was great. They had chunk plays. And that's where the box score, they go, okay, they, they tripled you on yards per play on the first drive. Well, you both got seven points. They scored twice in the second half. You scored five times, including overtime. So they ran, let's see here. They ran 60 plays. You ran 100. And their defense looked gassed at the end of the game. Yes. It, it, remind, did not. it reminded me of Houston. You didn't run the ball all game, but then the fourth quarter in overtime, Taj starts gashing them. That is, that's part of the brand, too. This is another brand win. You're going to say all offseason that you're tougher, more competitive, hardworking? Show me. And I even think they did against NC State, that play that Rabbit made. Mm-hmm. They showed it against Houston. You don't win that game if you're fragile between the ears. No. You don't win against Texas on Saturday if you're fragile between the ears. When you're not close at the end against NC State if you're not tough between the And it the took ears. all 100 plays. Had you, had you gone... Literally. Had you gone all gas, no breaks for 90 plays? Wouldn't have been enough. But you did for 10 more, and you won the game because of it. It's true. And the other team didn't. So, I, dude, that's two brand wins at the Jones, ranked opponents. Yeah, and afterwards, uh, I believe it was Mason Horodisky uh, had a shot of Joey 
Well, Donovan too, but of Joey that said uh, he's talking to his wife, and he's like, "They ain't seen us lose at the Jones yet." Here's the fun. Pretty good. He's right. I turned to the guy next to me after the game. I said, "The we're Longhorn." Not, we're not. No, uh, tech fan <laughs> that I was partying with. Who would have thought that Joey wouldn't have a win over an FBS opponent in regulation at the Jones until October at the earliest, and that we might all be just fine with that? Yeah, and that you were. Two and zero oh. because we're okay, right? Everybody would have taken three and one with a dub over Texas to yeah. start the season. Uh-huh. Understandable L to a top ten team on the road, right? We all would have taken top, where we are right now. Top twenty, they're ten right now. Well, they're sixteen at the time. Well, they're ten right now. Okay, I live in the present, <laughs> okay. Rob. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, another gritty, tough win. Hope they beat Clemson, by the way. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm rooting for them the rest of the way out. Loved it. Um, I had one more thought on it, and it, it escaped me. Oh, the turnover battle. You alluded, yeah, you alluded to Donovan taking care of the ball, but you also forced two turnovers. Unfortunately, didn't capitalize on the first one, but that's part of it being a numbers game. you got to force two or three to turn one of them into something. Technically, now this is just technically, you took three. So you had the turnover on downs. Uh, now, you were not plus three if you look at turnover on downs because you twice failed to get it on fourth down. But, and I forgot after the game, the very first touchdown was a fourth down conversion. It was. A, kind of a, it, this goes back to play call versus execution. I hated the play call, but I'm glad they scored. I don't want to run Donovan from the four. Yeah. Well, I, and it didn't work later because uh, yeah, honestly, that hasn't twice worked in a, row, a lot yeah. of times. Even going back to Cumbie last year, that play call has sometimes been snuffed out. But it worked, so I'm not going to complain. Man, about I thought it. he was going to score in the. In overtime? In overtime. What's the, what's the deal with his shoes? Do we need to, do we need to take the spats off? Do we need to get different spikes? What's going on there? Does he need to go down half a size? Are they too loose on I him? don't know. I want to what say something the, else. The force into the ground? I want to say something else about growth week to week. Mm. Murray State, would you agree with me that the worst position group, offense or defense, was the DBs against Murray State? Ooh, well, I mean, yes. Tied with the offensive line, yes. Versus Murray State? Yes. I didn't think the O-line was bad against Murray State. Um, yes, the DBs, yes. I mean, the DBs, like, lost guys 50 yards downfield. Right, yes. I'm not going to, yes. We, we, I'm not going to derail your point. We didn't punt against Murray State, so I, I'm not really going to put anybody on offense. You, well, while you, you had you guys in. Punt, okay. You just it didn't the run DBs. the ball like I wanted you to against Murray State. Against Houston, I had no gripes with anybody on the defense, especially nope. the DBs. Mm-mm. They made a big leap from week to week, and they've kind of maintained that level, I think. They, I thought they were really good against NC State. They lost. They lost Xavier Worthy once. They did, and, and that was that's where you have to tip your hat to Sarkeesian. I think it was a good play design. There was motion that kind of confused the coverage, and we, we just lost guys when they crossed kind of deep. But overall, no complaints. Offensive line against Houston, dreadful, horrible. Like sorry, but I have pretty much nothing nice to say about the O line against Houston. NC State, somewhat serviceable. You said you thought that. A lot of the sacks taken in that game weren't necessarily a byproduct of the offensive line. It was more decision-making, holding on to the ball too long. Yeah, against NC State for sure, yeah. Against Texas? Yep. Did we – how many sacks did we give up? Maybe two they in the box They sacked score? you – Or like Donovan ran one out of bounds behind the line. Right. But can we agree, no matter what the numbers say, I test, it was ten times better than it was against Houston? There's two sacks labeled. I think one was Donovan sacking himself when he ran out of bounds. Yeah. Can I say something on that? Well, can I finish the point? Oh Yeah, I would love for you to. Um, so position groups... I hate uh, disrupting your well, thoughts. You would never. 
position groups can make leaps within the season. Now, you don't want to overly rely on that. Right. But I, I'm very encouraged with the progress of the offensive line. I think we've seen Jekyll and Hyde versions of Donovan, and I hope that he continues to progress. This was his eighth start. And so all that to say, I think what you saw from the receivers, really different receivers getting in the mix. Miles Price targeted at a really high volume. The tight ends getting involved. Early and often for Price. So you kind of change your identity because Houston, it was all those sideline throws to the big body guys, Jaron Bradley, Sparkman, Trey Cleveland, Loke Fungi. And this, you didn't target those outside guys very much at all. You changed what you were doing, and I like that. And one specific play from NC State that I think Donovan made, and really the entire offense made a leap from week to week. Going back to NC State, we talked about this play on the recap of that game. This was the decision... The play before the fourth and ten that everybody was like, well, why didn't you punt? You know, there's 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, whatever it was. And on third and ten, I thought Donovan didn't read the defense properly because Mason Tharp was kind of on a shallow drag route. Right. And had he waited just a split second, Tharp would have crossed the face of the linebacker and been wide open. It's an easy short pass. He would have gotten the first down. And Donovan missed that play. Fourth quarter against Texas, when you need to score – same route, different guy, Miles Price, shallow across the middle. Donovan's patient, 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 hits Miles. It's not a tough throw, but it was he understood what needed to be done, which was questionable against NC State and Houston at times. Miles Price catches it, takes it almost to midfield. I think they called him out at the 42 or the 43, and that was a spark for a big drive. Yeah, there was a replay. and It, it, it looked like a— I didn't think he was out, but very similar, put him at the 43, yes. Yeah, very similar play design. A week ago, Donovan missed it. This week, he hits it, and you win the game because of it. And so I hope that there's still signs like that with Donovan, the O-line, the DBs, whoever, but individual players and position groups continue to make strides as the season goes on. Because there have been times in the past where, like, unfortunately, you kind of learn you are what you are under right. Cliff. Yes. And that's the way it was. Like, okay, they're going to gash us on the ground, and at no point is our D-line or front seven going to bow up and stop anybody. Not going to figure it out. Now I've got a little bit of confidence. Okay, like this position group was a little bit absent. This week, next week, they might have a bounce-back game. Did you feel out of the game against NC State, or did you think that Texas Tech, until the final two minutes and Barron went in, or did you think Donovan was going to turn it on and you were going to go score? I don't. I didn't feel out of it, you know, because there were so many moments where you were down two possessions, but you had the ball. Right. And it was like, okay, if you score, if you can put a drive together, you're this close, you're in this game. And you did. Uh, early in the fourth quarter. You didn't cut it to one score in the fourth quarter. Was that the third? No, you were never within one score after getting down by two scores. Well, they beat you by 13? Yeah. Mm. Regardless. But, I mean, it was bad drive after bad drive, and if right, one right. of them was a good drive, you were right in that game. So, no, I didn't really feel out of it until just there was not enough time left on the clock. I, I never felt out of the Texas game. Um, early in the— <laughs> At halftime, I was like, you yeah, might have, here we well, go. Well, you were down by 10 at halftime. Because I was like, they're just going to feed Bijan and— you know. Well, I will say this. I will say this. I, I I texted a friend. I said, if they don't score a touchdown coming out of half, this one's... And then they went four and out, or whatever it was. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I was like, chalk it up, game blouses. Uh, and then they forced a four and out of their own. I was like, oh, hold on. Yeah. Something's happening here. And it was quick, too, because you got the ball back with like 12 and a half minutes. Yeah. So both teams went four and out, and you had the ball right where you left off. And, and you kicked a field goal. Basically a minute and run off the clock. Yeah, but you, you drove and kicked a field goal. By the way, Trey Wolf, two for two? Okay. Timeout. Are you getting texts over there? Sports Illustrated 
has picked up the story of this kid? Yeah, a bunch of people did. You want to guess what their headline is? Uh, wait, I think I saw this one. Um, attacks. Attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Right. That's not an attack. It's a push. The sucker punch. Why can't they just characterize it as what it was? Yeah. If he punched him, don't say attack. Say punches. Fan-sided. If he pushes him, say pushed him. Yeah. By the way, uh, support your local uh, writers. If you see something from a national company, go look and see if your local uh, <laughs> your local sports writer has written it, and then share their post and not the national guy. Just as a point of reference, as a, a guy who wrote writes local sto- local stories. Uh, there was another one. Fan sided says uh, Texas football may never recover from the most aggressive horns down in history. And then the first video in the post is um, the fan attacking the other guy. I want to say one more thing on this. Okay. But all right, I'll lock in what I'm trying to say. And then go back to our trying to say for exchanging four and outs. Because uh-huh. I forgot to mention this earlier on my little rant. There's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy to calling an entire city, an entire school, an entire fan base trash and scum and low class for decades. And then for some reason, just showing it up, showing up at our house and expecting us to kiss your ass and thank you for the pleasure of allowing us to share the field with you on a fine Saturday. Right. What did the, what did Burn Orange Nation call it? Uh, well, we won't miss you piss babies. I don't remember. They Is told people they to go said? F themselves. They said your city smells like, like the, yeah. Like, so spare me. Sorry we weren't nice enough to you, yeah. but look in the freaking mirror. Like, would you, do, would you go to a bar, Rob, and go tell 20 guys in the bar, like, hey, you're trash, man, and expect somebody not to get pissed off at you? Expect for them to buy your drink? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Sorry we didn't just conform to the little brother mentality, and like, okay, yeah, please be mean to us. That's mm-hmm. fine. Sorry we punched back, and we punched back too hard, and you didn't like it. We've called this guy an idiot. Shouldn't have happened, but come on. Right. They act like they've just been so nice to us, and for no reason we just don't like them. Spare me. Go ahead. We we exchanged four and outs. What were you gonna say about that? Um. Well, you exchanged four and outs, and you just never felt out of the game. Never felt out of the game against Houston. Um. Even when you threw the pick, and there's 20 seconds left, the first play Donovan runs halfway down the field and you're like okay here we go um it's a little bit like the leech era it's a little bit like the cliff era and the opposite of the two eras that i did not mention you just never feel like you're out of the game and that's a really really cool feeling at the jones i will say i, I agree with that point uh-huh but i also had that battered tech fan oh in my, 100%. And i was like okay it's an it's a, a yin yang battle going on this right is now. going great and we're in the game and we're ahead but I was like, but what's going to go wrong that cost us this game? Yeah. And twice in a row now, I, sorry, twice in a row now, Houston and Texas, I'm sitting there as a fan going like, well, how are we going to let right. this one get away? Oh, you should have lost both those games. And the team out-toughed them. Yeah. And you won. The it's, team has out-toughed the fans. So we got to get over that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's the old way of doing it. You used to lose that ball game. Yep. You said that after the Houston game. Uh-huh. And we got a little bit of pushback for it. I did not tweet that again, and I could have. But did you see that some people were like, hey, you guys were right two weeks ago? Yeah. 
You no, I didn't see that. But you don't win that. Look, there's a reason why you have two ranked wins in yeah. eight years before this. It's because you weren't tough enough to win them a lot of the times. I try not to listen to people and tell me how right I am all the time because I have enough problems <laughs> well, on gets, my own. It gets so excessive. It does. It's every time. I do want to give another shout out because you you went through how Donovan played better this week from last. We danced around it last week. Uh, certainly Twitter did not dance around it. Zach Kitley had a bad week in Raleigh. Um, and whether that was because he allowed the quarterback to change plays at the line of scrimmage, uh, whether that was because they just had a bad game plan, the offense did not work in Raleigh. You could tell this week that there was a brand new game plan and it worked. Donovan looked way better. And that's coaching. That's not just a player from week to week deciding to play better. He was coached better this week. They called better plays and they put Donovan in better situations to be successful. Also, I'm I'm going to read into something that Joey said in the post game. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that too. So I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said there were a few times where uh, he got Donovan to just look at the sideline and Kitley told him what to run. Just run this. Just do this, Donovan. Don't check. Don't look. Don't think. Run the play like I called it. And you saw it a bunch of times that that's when they were going on tempo. And you look at Donovan and, and every time they go on tempo, every time they're in rhythm, he plays better. You cannot go on tempo, in tempo, behind the sticks. Right. They were continually behind the sticks in Raleigh. They were not this weekend. And you mentioned after the game, and I'll let you talk about it, but it was similar to what Sonny did with Donovan. Yeah, if you go back to Iowa State, Baylor, Mississippi State, the games that Donovan started last year, Dogovan, excuse me, every single play – I think every single play. Like, he wasn't even getting the plays signed into him. He was going to the sideline and coming saying, okay, here's what we're going to run. Iowa State for sure. And watch for the cover two. And if they give you this look, remember to go here. He's running over all of it with him. And remember when we watched him film that the backer might do this. And that was so helpful because it's his first career start, right? Yeah. He needs to be coached up like that. And his third offense. Yeah. And so uh, I did wonder about that. I don't think I said it on the Gauchos, but we got invited on a couple of UT podcasts, and I said that to, I said I wonder if he has a little bit too much control, and if they need to simplify it for him. Well, we talked about it after the the Raleigh game because there were a few plays that we were told not, you know, just by other people that this is maybe what happened, and he yeah. was checking out, and we you see it, mm-hmm. you saw it in the Houston game where he walks up to the line of scrimmage and then runs it, and and that's what I I, I have no gripes with. I think there were some fans who were sick of us running it on first down. Give me second and seven all day yes. over Donovan accidentally calling the wrong play and starting second and 16 because we get sacked. That was the difference. Look, you can second and seven isn't great, but you can work with that, especially if you're going to be aggressive on fourth down. You, can't, you cannot win games on second and 16, third and 18, third and 11. And that, that was all night in Raleigh. Yeah. And you avoided that by running the ball early and I think taking some away from Donovan. Just, hey, even if it's not a great play, just check it down. Hand it off. Let's take three yards and keep going. And and you didn't take any throws away from Donovan. You didn't say don't do this. You didn't say don't do that. You just simplified 
what he had to check before the snap. Hey, go for some two-read plays. Go for a read option. And even if it's a, hey, f- a fake it, it, play action, it's not a read option. You're not looking to run. Fake it to the back and throw it to the seam. And you missed a lot of that in Raleigh. And could have been Donovan, could have been Zach Kitley, but both of them were better this week. And that's the Zach Kitley that you hired. Mm-hmm. You didn't hire the Zach Kitley that showed up in Raleigh because that was just a mis- miscommunication and a, and a bad day at the office. We all have them. Yeah. Very good second half against Houston, late in the game against Houston. Very good second half against Texas. And as Joey keeps saying, he told you they would break. It's just a matter of when. And B. John Robinson broke in overtime, and you won. Did you see the quote tweet of that video that I quote tweeted from the Gauchos account? No, what, what did it say? I think it's a former Texas player who's quote tweeting it. He says he played in high school and oh, college. Oh, yes. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pull it up because I don't want to butcher it. I thought it was, I mean, he, I thought he made a good point. I, I didn't understand your... Well, well hang on. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't think he made a bad point. Right. So you played Joey's speech on the intro, uh-huh. and he says, I played football in high school and in college. I'll be damned if someone said this about my teammates and I. If this comment doesn't get your blood flowing as a Texas player, you probably need to do a self-evaluation. Now let's talk about his comments before my quote tweet. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, no, no. I think, I think he was saying, I think he was agreeing with Joey that they did break and that they should look in the mirror and realize they broke and get better. Because they're soft. That's how I read it. Yeah. And I, so I, I responded and said, y'all can be mad about this if you want, but he is right and his team proved it on the field. Uh, 100%. So, like, go be mad about it, I guess. Sorry it makes your blood boil after the game. Your blood should have been boiling all offseason trying to get better or during the game when you could have affected the outcome. I think the point is that Texas blood doesn't boil anymore right. on the field. It just boils because people get pushed and cursed at yeah. you after the game. Go cry on Twitter instead of actually winning a football game against a conference opponent, which yeah. they haven't done in I don't know how long. I mean, can we start talking about how bad of a hire Steve Sarkeesian was? Because I said it from day one. He was not good at Washington as a head coach. He was not good at USC for other reasons. Like, do we just think the Nick Saban rehab was going to work? He, he's 1-7 in seven on the road. To me, he's the same as Tom Herman, offensive guru. Tom Herman was better. Offensive guru. Yeah. Uh, recruiting well, but you always recruit well at Texas. Is Sarkeesian recruiting or is Texas recruiting? No culture. Dude, I tweeted out in the three. Tom Herman had better culture. Of the of the high school recruiting classes that are now sophomores, juniors, and seniors in college. Uh-huh. Or second, third, and fourth year players because they might have redshirted. The guys that were getting the bulk of the action. Right, right, right. Texas, 44 players who were either four stars or five stars in those three recruiting classes. Texas Tech, two. Two. Texas's national recruiting ranking, ninth best in the country in that span. Yours was 63rd, and they lost. Yeah. If they had a coach as good as Joey or slightly worse, they still win that game running away. They lost to a team that has bottom of the power five talent, and they have top of the country talent, and they can't beat you because they're not as tough as you. That's what it boils down to. And you're more disciplined. I want to talk about these were big plays. Third and 26, you get them to jump off sides. Offense stands still, so you were disciplined in that moment. Now, it still could have been third and 21, 
But then they commit pass interference downfield, automatic first down. You convert a third and 26 because you're the more disciplined team. Later in the game, third and I don't know how long, same deal. They jump off sides, you lob it up to Trey Cleveland, he's double covered. Now this is where you kind of out-athleted them. He makes a spectacular catch. But you don't call that play or throw that pass unless Texas jumps off sides and you know you have a free play. So twice you got him on that. And that, like, look, that sounds like coach speak when we used to gripe about penalties and be the more disciplined team. It matters. Those were two drive-extending plays that you got points off of and won the game because of because Texas jumped off sides and you did not. That's coaching, that's culture, and that matters no matter how many five-stars you have. This uh, off the mystery stream. If you want to join the mystery stream, how do you do that, Kyle? Gamblinggauchos.com. Uh, I wish. Soon. Patreon.com slash gamblinggauchos. $5 a month. Some of the proceeds go to the Matador Club. You get access to the Discord. Uh, game day was rocking, right, in the uh, Discord server. A lot of fun in there. And you get access to a bunch of exclusive interviews with Cody Campbell, Dusty Womble, Matt Mooney, folks like that. Um, This off the stream, it says, remember when the UT defensive lineman got in trouble for calling out their terrible team culture? Uh, he was, was right. Yes, he was. He and, said it at the time. And, and everybody then, in the media and his head coach were like, he shouldn't have done that. And then there no, was he should bu- have. And then there was the bus video that came after that. It's like, if y'all want to leave, you can leave. Get off my bus. Like, okay, bud. Also, uh, man, there, there's a, a, a watcher in here with an incredible name. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would tell you, but I, I think I'd have to bleep it. <laughs> it's an, an awesome name. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. And they say, I said, what a name. He said, thanks. Forgot to log out of the burner. <laughs> What kind of burner you're doing on Twitch, but amazing name. Amazing name. Uh, I have also forgotten to uh, correct any of the um, wording on the screen, so it still says week four preview and Dana Beer's interview. Dana's not coming on today. He's got to commit, right? He's got to commit. I mean, what a day from Dana Beer's. Have a day. uh, All day long. He gets into Lubbock after kind of a lame... Did you see the video of him drinking the mo- the beer the beer pitcher with the ring in it? No. From College Station? No. They like drop their rings and beer and then chug the yeah. disgusting. First of all, if you ever put your ring in a pitcher of beer and told me to drink it, I'd say no. That's gross. I almost lost my crap. This is getting to know the gauchos. When Texas went down at the end of the fourth quarter and kicked a field goal. Yeah. An Aggie friend of mine. I don't have many of them. He was like, oh, I can't believe that Tech just let him go down. I was like, dude, you lost to App State? Yep. If you were next to me, I, w- I was like, don't respond. And then he's chirping to me about fantasy football today. He's yeah. Like, hey, go lose to App State again. You know, stones, glass houses, all that. By the way, I faded the steam on uh, A&M. And I was like, because it was like, they opened up at six and a half and it closed at two and a half as their favorites. A&M Moneyline, Emotional Hedge, cha-ching. Oh, my God. I got about two and a half, and they won by two. <laughs> Except Arkansas doinked that field goal. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, Dana Beers has to, has to commit. He's going uh, to go else? on another visit that who matches else? this. Now, Dude, his the horns South down, Carolina, the best thing I've ever the seen. The best horns down. And I'm not a big horns down guy. Ah, I could take it or leave it. I, I don't, like, get off on that. But. I'm, more, <laughs> I'm more of a pro-guns-up uh, pro guy than a yeah. do-the-other guy. 
person's hand signal. But to do it right yeah. in Bevo's or Hokum's face. Oh my God. And the, and those, the poor, those poor cheerleaders. They were not. I kind of felt bad. For, like they didn't do anything wrong other than attend the University of Texas. Yeah. And he just like cold blooded right the, in Hokum's face. The side face. eye that the little blonde cheerleader had was like, pretty impressive. What do you say or do in that? You can't. You're owned. Like you, you can't, you can't do, do anything. It's just like you got to eat the He was also doing it on. to little kids in the stands. No mercy. Just. I mean, is he not a Texas Tech fan already? Like, he was made for this. I, and the, the beer, the, his whole persona, the chip on the shoulder, the double-double that might have been 11-9. and nine. He is the perfect Red Raider. I, I don't know anyone else. He's going go to what? Could, He's gonna go to Michigan State now and have a weekend like this or South Carolina? Hold on. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's... I, it ain't happening. Unreal. Okay, are, are we... Sorry uh, to the stream. Kyle's camera just went out. I have no idea why. That's all right. Um, hey. Oh, he's taking off his shirt. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> My daughter's first game. Yeah, how'd that go? Good. She's uh, she's tougher than some of our fans who leave at halftime. Yeah. You know what? This was better than it had been. Uh, a lot of people stayed. But uh, you can really tell it thins out quite a bit at half. And I get it. The games are too long. Yeah. There's not shade on half the stadium. I get it. We'll buy tickets on the west side if you want to shade. Well, they're expensive. <laughs> but if you do need cash to buy tickets on the west side, hit up our friends at Diversified Lenders. I hope, uh, I don't know if Dana got Rahino Barbecue while he was here. But Did you see were... what they had Saturday? No. Pork, pork belly. Pork belly. Pork belly burnt ends. Okay. Oh. I need it. Sad I missed out. I need it. Hopefully we get Rahino for another... Uh, Tailgate, maybe. If we ever have another night game. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go follow them on social, at Rahino BBQ, cooking up some outstanding barbecue, making West Texas proud, putting Olton on the map, and they're going all over West Texas now in the mobile food truck. Appreciate their support of the Gambling Gauchos. And Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. Yeah. I also got so excited to talk trash at the beginning of the episode, we did not tell you we were in the Cardinal Sports Center oh, they, studio. Surely they know, right? <laughs> Surely they know by hey, now. Uh, we got two DMs about 10 minutes apart asking if they were going to do another run of It's All West Texas shirts because they're out of certain sizes. And the black hats. Yeah, I hope so. We'll, we'll ask Cardinals about it, and when they do restock, we'll let you know. Shop with them online or in Plano, Lubbock, coming back for a game or just want a cool piece of gear shipped to you, go with our friends out at Cardinals. But um, yeah, my this, daughter was a champ. That's awesome. Gave her a little sun hat, sprinkled a little bit of water on her. They left at halftime just because it was it's going to be another two hours. But uh, she did great. And honestly, if it was cooler, like she wasn't fussy at all, she would have made it. So she'll be back when it's you know October, November, and I think she had a good time. And, and what a way to start your journey as a Red Yeah, Raider. I want to know. She's been to some Lubbock Matadors games, but she wasn't here during basketball season. And their first football game is a win over Texas in overtime, the last time they'll ever be in Lubbock. A couple of questions off the stream. We did not ask for Discord questions. You'll have to check for the Discord mailbag. We'll do them Wednesday. Uh, this from Gordbox, he says, uh, how about them tight ends? Yeah, like I said, a lot more of the targets were to your inside receivers. Miles Price had 13 catches. Nehemiah Martinez was involved. And I guess Teeter was out with an injury. Brady Boyd. Maybe. Yeah, Teeter was out. Brady Boyd and both tight ends got some targets. Mason Tharp had that uh, first down conversion over the middle. It got called back because of a hold. How did uh, how did he catch the one where he? I spins? don't know. I still haven't seen like an alternate <laughs> angle on that. 
But yeah, yeah I, so I wonder if that's a staple moving forward. At least now you have a threat of that on film, and maybe you make the defense defend you a little different, and you play off of that on the outside. Yeah, you and uh, Texas, I thought, dominated the middle of the field against your defense. Uh, that's the only place they had success, really, was over the middle of the field. Um, and you kind of shut it down in the second half, but early they were getting whatever they wanted over well, the middle of the field. And a lot of their conversions were over the middle of the field, too. Shout out to Bijan. Amazing player. Like there he were, is so good. There were times you had them bottled up at the line or in the backfield, and any other running back in the country besides him or maybe Deuce Vaughn, it's a loss of two, and instead he goes for like eight. And it's so frustrating, but all you can do is tip your hat to him. Like, okay, he's, he's the best player we'll play all year, probably. So he, he kept them in it in a lot of ways. Like a lot of those drives are dead in the water without him making a great play. And same with Hudson Card, honestly, escaping the pocket a few times. And he had that one really long run, I think 20 yards on a third and long. Yep. He hit some throws on the run after escaping what might have been, could have been a sack. One of the touchdowns. So anyway, all that kind of circle back on Texas fans, like real down on their performance. I thought they played a good game. You just beat them. You're just better than them. Uh, this from Stevens. Uh, I still have a beef. There was not enough Raider power during yesterday's game. That needs to change. The college kids noticed as well. He had a good weekend in Lubbock, too. He, he seemed like he had a real good time. I'll say this. A little bit off topic. Student experience. Rob, if you showed up to Lubbock in 2013 for your freshman year of college, yeah, and you finished in four years, and then you started med school at the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center, and you mm-hmm. were there for three more years. I'm really having to imagine for this. And then you did your first year clinical rotations in Lubbock. Uh-huh. You would be here eight years, and if you went to every single home football game, you saw Texas Tech beat a ranked opponent twice. If you're a freshman who just hopped off the jet three weeks ago for his first day of class, you've seen two wins against ranked opponents at the Jones. Beautiful. Totally different student experience. We miss an entire generation of Red Raiders having fond memories at the Jones. and Or even like a sophomore, backing up to right. last year. You stormed the field three of the last five games at the Jones. Iowa State, and then you didn't against Oklahoma State, Murray, and then the last two, Houston and Texas. All the all the all the Red Raiders from like twenty four to thirty are yeah. just they're they're broken, they're beat down. <laughs> well, they need they need some success, and it's good for them because they've never seen it right. It drew- now they saw it as like little kids or whatever, but to to be an adult. And see some success is is nice for them, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to learn how to be successful. Really, it drove me nuts over the last decade, listening to the powers that be contemplate how to get students more involved. What if we move the tailgating over here, and what if they could leave once and then come back, win a game, put a winning product on the field, and they will show up and stay. I want winners. Nobody's gonna show up to watch you lose to West Virginia. Sorry, they're just not. Go beat Oklahoma State, beat TCU, beat Texas, and they'll show up and they'll stay and they'll, they'll tell their friends, we had a blast at the Jones. Y'all need to get your ass over there next yes. weekend. Hey, we rushed the field against Houston. You don't want to miss it. Guess what they did this week? They rushed the field again. That, that was all that was the, What do you think about the phantom pass interference late in the game? I thought it was a good call. Yeah, he hooked him, didn't he? I just thought the same play was not called when Texas was on defense earlier in the game. Yeah. I thought it was a bailout call at first. I saw the replay. I was like, yeah, he got his waist. Same. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I was just trying to play this. The grounding call that wasn't. Oh yeah. Nobody. What's funny is on the radio they kept saying there's no number, there's not even a number nine on the roster. There's the tight end was number nine. It doesn't matter. He was nowhere. Not even close. Like they called he was that, not even close. So the one they called on Donovan against Houston, I was like, yeah, Henry Teeter was like kind of there. You could maybe be like, hey, Teeter was in the area. There was nobody in the frame, like on no. TV. Uh-uh. Like who are they alleging that he threw this at? A guy right past the offensive line. There's a lineman there, but yep. like, no. Nobody else. That was brutal. And then they converted. That should have been second and 20. And then they converted and scored a touchdown. The pregame, we are all over the place. Yeah. The pregame was a little disjointed this week. Uh, they let Centennial Champion, I'm not sure it was actually Centennial Champion, run out before Conspiracy the theory. team at all. Yeah. Um, she did not lead the team, the mass Rider. She ran, and then they brought the team out. I don't know if just because the – it was odd. It was odd. Uh, Ric Flair, they had to take the microphone away. Beautiful. Woo! Beautiful. Woo! He sounded awful. Beautiful. Raider, power, Raider, power. Woo! <laughs> and then uh, the crowd was dead in the third quarter from, from the press box. The crowd seemed pretty dead. Uh, and then you get a drive going. You, you kick the field goal. Ooh, wakes up a little bit. Um, they put Ric Flair <laughs> in a, an, awful, <laughs> an awful video. It got everyone so hyped. The one with Joey? Yes. Like, Joey, Joey doesn't has, know what to say. Joey and... has no idea what's going yeah. on. Whatever. I guarantee you they filmed that about an hour before because they couldn't use it until the fourth quarter because it was still rendering. Um, Joey had no idea what was going on. Rick was awesome. They need to play that every week. They need to keep that one going because it got the people going. One more thing that I thought was a baller move, and then we'll get back to the mailbag if there's more. Yeah, there is. They're fired up. Texas's first touchdown. Do you remember the play design? Um, it's a play action pass. It's okay if you don't. Yeah. So they were yeah. like either two back or maybe even pistol three backs. Oh yeah, it was um, Andrews dominated Labakai with that the night before. Yeah. So they run <laughs> Andrews play action. It's like an inverted wishbone. Yeah. Pistol. So they run play action, and one of the uh, one of the three, I think there were three backs yeah. in the backfield leaks out wheel route. Nobody's on him. Missed right. assignment. Touchdown. Yeah. Walks in. Well, uh-huh. he's stumbled in. That was kind of funny. Him, yeah, going. it was. Um, your, I think, second touchdown uh-huh. to Taj Brooks. I think the same exact play. They, tr- they, tr- it was very similar. I Two think backs. you basically saw. You're like, okay, we can run that too, and it worked to perfect because he was yeah. wide open and he walked yes. in. I loved that. Yeah, you had two backs. I think Strodrick was in too. Then you motioned somebody across though. Yeah, I think. You, and then you ran Maybe. a track. You ran a track left, and he leaked out left, but you fake it to Sir Roderick. Yeah. Everybody's looking at Sir Roderick. You throw it to Tosh. Love beautiful. that. It was beautiful. I was like, hey, that, that looks familiar. Uh, does Sark get fired this year if Texas goes 6-6? Six and six? Um, If UTSA goes 10-2, and two, yeah. This off the uh, stream, it says, I was a student at the 66-6 game. Uh, stayed oh. until the fourth quarter. Depressing time. Yeah. Uh, then this question, are you the redheaded dancing kid? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, are you the guy in the hoodie with yeah. his guns up and his, yeah, head, his down? head down? Uh, the best part of the Tuberville era was the dancing ginger. 
Uh, it's got the Joey Maguire era has the feels of staying until the end of the game because we still have a chance, like the Leech era. Although, hey, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. The Leech era was before my time in college. Uh-huh. Of course, I watched it on TV growing up. Well, you were a Longhorn fan? Hey, the Red Raiders were a close second. <laughs> um, they said on the broadcast when I was rewatching it, only twice in Big 12 history, that's 25-plus years, has Tech been losing by 10 or more at halftime and won. Or this was only the second time, so it only happened once before. So I think that narrative is a little bit misguided that Leach was down all the time, but you just can't count them out because they're going to come back in the fourth. If they did, it was by less than 10 points, obviously, because that's only happened once before. And I think it was Cliff against Texas in Austin. So I don't know why fans think that for the decade Leach was here, we fell behind in Lubbock but always had a chance. Well, it was not just in Lubbock. And I don't know that you came back and won a bunch of those, but um, you were just never out. I, get, I, well, I mean, and I think a lot of it probably is from the bowl game. Maybe it felt two that bowl way. Games. Yeah, but neither one of those were in conference play at the Jones. That's, that's all I'm saying. Right. You want to look at some opening lines? Let's do it. So the big one, Texas Tech goes to Manhattan. Now, had I not known the result of the K-State OU game, I would have thought the win over Texas might have made this a very competitive line. Only problem, if you view it that way, is K-State goes to Norman and wins. So they're a touchdown favorite in Manhattan. Total is 57.5. A A lot of K-State fans seem to think that number is going to drop. So depending on what your initial gut feel is, maybe you wait a few days and fade the steam a little bit. Whatever. Well, wait, well, this is from Texas Tech can you Athletics. Read it to me? Uh, the individual's actions are not representative of Raider values. Oh, perfect. If you have any information to help us identify the individual, please contact Texas Tech PD. Perfect. All that needs to be done. I hope. I hope that's it. Yep. That's the, all that needs to be that said. That tweet and handle it with a real investigation. You don't need theatrics on this. The incident is not an indictment on anybody else except that individual. So leave it at that. Um, yeah, I agree. I, and I would, I would not touch that until closing line value anyways, I think. Yeah, I don't have a good gut feel. I need to do a little now, bit of homework it? on K-State. Now, interesting, I think, we'll get into this on our K-State preview. They're a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. I mean, we're talking seven days apart. They lose at home to Tulane, and then they beat OU and Norman. So I mean, we, because... We've seen good Donovan. We've seen bad Donovan. We've seen good defense. We've seen not-so-good defense. I actually forgot. I, I did take this at minus eight. It, it uh, blinked. It blinked. Wait, plus eight or minus eight? Plus eight, Texas Tech. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if I was, you know, trying to look for it in real money land and not just for our picks, um, you certainly don't want to bet it at seven. You want to get a hook there. Yeah. And if you're going plus, you want to get plus seven and a half. Um, uh, but... I mean, I think right now I would take Texas Tech all the way to probably through the three number. I mean, I really? think this is going to be a close game. Now, that's just me feeling good about this one and, and you know, not looking at Manhattan because you've not been good on the road yet. But we, uh, We'll get into this a little bit, but the total is also right in the middle of the five Big 12 games. And K-State until last week was completely inept offensively for the most part. But strong defense, so I think there's going to be a lot of action on the under. Big 12 title implications in Waco. Baylor opens as a one-point favorite 
All these lines, by the way, are via Circa, in case you're like, where are y'all getting this from? Baylor opens as a one-point favorite hosting Oklahoma State. The total is only 50.5. That's the smallest total in the Big 12 this weekend. I'll be curious to see if Baylor turns into a home underdog wherever the line moves. I think I would take Baylor. I'm leaning Baylor at this point. I'm going to wait and see if I can get plus odds on that. But even if they... Moved if it moved the other way to minus two, minus two and a half. I think I would still take Baylor. You like Gundy off the bye? Well, I do. I just think the game being in Waco, and I'm still pretty high on Baylor. And they they showed me a lot in Ames. I think because Oklahoma State hasn't proven anything. They haven't gone on the road. So yeah, they have the benefit of the bye, but I'm still leaning Baylor. We'll see where that line moves. Okay. Iowa State favored by two in Lawrence. They're disrespecting my 4-0 Jayhawks. The over and the opponent. So the total 55 and a half. So your Iowa State to cover and the over. Yep. West Virginia. This one is a little bit surprising. Maybe it shouldn't be because Vegas is always smarter than us. West Virginia goes to Austin. Texas favored by 11. The total is 64 and a half. 11? Yeah. I saw it at 9. Maybe it got worked down really fast. Wow. Wow. I'd probably I probably would take Texas if I could get it below ten. Yeah, you have to push that through ten. Or I mean Yikes. This, this is a classic Texas spot to to lose on the road and then hammer somebody at home. This one I think is interesting. OU goes to Fort Worth. I think the frogs are getting a lot of respect here. Too much. OU minus four. I got this last week. This was an early, early line that was out, and I was like, oh, they'll self-correct that big time when Oklahoma hammers Kansas State. I mean, I, I take a minute. <laughs> and that didn't happen. Anything less than a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Oklahoma historically struggles with Kansas State and Iowa State. Recently with Iowa State, historically with Kansas State. Uh, we discounted that. I discounted it last week. I thought Oklahoma would do whatever they wanted uh boy, Dylan Gabriel did not. He looked like Adrian Martinez. Hey. And Adrian Martinez looked like Tim Tebow. They wrote him off and he didn't write back. He didn't write back. That's the problem. He didn't write back. So, yeah, early lean OU on that one. I might lock that in before it moves too much if it hasn't already. That's a quick glance. We'll get into it more and make our picks on Wednesday. I don't know if we're going to have somebody from K-State to help us preview the game. I, I hope we can maybe find somebody if they're – I like uh, our friend John Kurtz, maybe. Yeah, if he's if he's free, that'd be fun. He was one of the first interviews we did. Yeah, early adopter of the Gallagher. Like, hey, we're, we'll do like twenty minutes. Then we have that mom for like an hour and tw- <laughs> an hour and twenty. Part of that was his fault, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, he's uh, eloquent. But like we got him going on conference. Verbose. We got him going on conference realignment yeah. and like his favorite memories about K State as a kid. So there was a lot before we even like talked about the game that year. He dished out some takes on uh, Ron Prince, and that's when we had the. The thought that it was, you know, loser gets fired going into that game. We were right. We were. Oh, somebody just says, can you get Kurtz? We can get anyone we want. <laughs> hey, if we could get him last year with 1,200 followers, yeah. we can get him this year. Not even. I, I think. He gave us a shout-out on his YouTube Live Oh last, yeah, well, last uh, weekend. I meant to ask you about that because you, he you was, tweeted about it. but He was talking about the Pac-12 propagandists, the three that everybody always references, always taking the bait and punching down it. You know, John four two six nine, uh, 
but not engaging with legitimate criticism like like, like our thread. Uh-huh. And so he like gives a shout out by name. He's like, they did a great thread on the late night spot and how Big 12 teams going into the mountain time zone or the Pacific time zone have fared better when you control for time slot, game time kickoff, all that good stuff. And he's like, so all three of them ignored that. And then like the next day was that Wilner tweet. He's like, oh, the Big 12 is one-third passion, one-third whatever the tweet was. Right. So he's just calling them out on that BS. Like they see their narrative getting holes poked in it and just will ignore it. But if they can dunk on some guy with 12 followers, they'll do it. They'll try. They'll try. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Final thoughts? Um, final thoughts, man, satisfying last game in Lubbock. I think after that, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the side of don't play him again. I think they view it as it's a privilege that we yeah. allow you to play us. Yes. But it, if they're going to be like A&M and just lie about our fans and our school and our city, I don't want to give them a platform to do that. Have fun in the SEC. We'll play somebody else. Again, I, I want to play basketball games, neutral site or home and home. Don't think they will. Not as long as Chris Beard's there. I want to play baseball home and home if he can. If not, in Arlington. I do not care about playing Texas neutral site in football. And I need a break from the home and home. I, I yeah. do not want to play them for at least three or four years. That's fair. And by the way, the schedule's set for 2031. So... I think a lot of that is just useless anyways. I won't miss him. Me neither. I know there are people like Don Williams who will, and that's not a shot at him. I understand his reasoning. I just vehemently disagree with it. And yesterday was awesome. Just ended on a high note. So was the Houston game. Yeah. And if we beat Baylor in overtime and they're ranked in the top 20, it'll be awesome. I looked up the top attendance in the Jones. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Texas State are the top three. Really? Oklahoma is in the top 10, and then Texas is like four of the top 20. USC. But you, you, would, you would think how people talk about it, Texas is 17 of the top 20 attendances. It's just not the case. It goes back to the student thing. Just win. Oklahoma like, State is two of the top three. Okay, and, this, and these conference realignment discussions. And they're not three. Everybody... Has been like, oh no, you can't play Thursday or Friday. It's so hard for our alumni base in Dallas to get to a, a weeknight game. Right. We played TCU in front of a completely sold out on was, Thursday night. On Thursday night, it was more packed than it was on Saturday. In I know because there was six empty seats next to me on my row, and that was because there was buzz and Cliff was three and zero, four and zero, whatever it was. If you win, people will pack that place for Baylor, Oklahoma State, whoever is on your schedule. They'll show up to watch you beat the crap out of an FCS team if they think they're going to win ten games that year. Stephen F. Austin. In the mix. Top 20 ever. Because Cliff was here, and there was buzz. People thought we were going to win. Yep. You don't need OU or Texas to draw a crowd. You need a winning football team. Yep. NC State, they packed their place for little old Texas Tech. I want winners. Not Clemson, not Florida State, not the U. Texas Tech. Why? Because they have a winning program lately, and they're ranked in the top 16 when we played them. Top 10 now. That was an amazing atmosphere. So if, if you host... Boston College in the non-con, and you're ten and two the year prior, it'll sell out. Even though there's no geography, there's no rivalry, there's no history, there's no tradition. Nobody cares about Boston College. It'll sell out because people want to watch you beat Boston College. Do you know why NC State sold out? Because people were there to watch winners. NC State play. Yeah, 
I don't want to go to the Jones just to watch you play somebody else. I want to go to watch Texas Tech win a football game. That, that's my mentality. And, th- and there are fans not taking shots. There are fans that don't really care about some of the other games. No. They want, you to, they want you to beat Texas, OU, and A&M. 100%. And other, uh, they can't really get juiced for West Virginia. Me, I can. I can too. I, heck, I can get juiced for Florida International. My juice is all the way up. I Kyle. was there. I was there for Stephen F. Austin. So juice. Let's go. I don't need. I don't need to have Texas as like a ride along to get amped for a football season or a football game. And I know Don Williams thinks the fan base does, and he's right about a segment of it. But if you're winning, if you build it, they will come. That's my final thought. I don't need to play Texas again. No, yeah, I'd stopped it. Yeah, I was gonna uh, stop it, but hey, let's get back into it. I just got it. a spam text. Uh, I got one more thing for Texas fans, and then I'll log off. Cry more. Adios. Love y'all.